Welcome to the Underpowered Podcast, a gaming podcast where we battle our backlog, revealing what is worth your time and money. This is episode number 45. I'm Shelby Stokes, and joining us today... 47. This is 47? This is 47. <laughs> How did that happen? What year is it? <laughs> what year is it? I'm Shelby Stokes. My co-host Casey Cool is here. Hello. And Sean, the spool man, is also here. Hello. And our special guest today is the co-founder of StartPlaying.Games and head dungeon master at Total Party Chill. Please welcome Devin Chulik. Welcome, Devin. Hello. Thank <laughs> you for having me. I was going to talk like this the whole time. Perfect. I'm just being Mysterious. character. Mysterious. <laughs> He's in character. I love it. I found you because an ad came up because our phones listen to us. I've, we've been foraying into Dungeons & Dragons ourselves as a group. We're a video game group. And I found your Start Game. You're the co-founder of that site, correct? Yeah. And, and could you give us like the elevator pitch on StartPlaying.Games yes, for our listeners? Yes. Yeah, I'm tired of game night being canceled. So I came up with a way so you're always going to have a <laughs> chance to play. You can go and book a game tonight and play D&D tonight. You don't have to worry about finding a group of friends. You can't have to worry about scheduling your own friends. There's tons of people out there waiting to play. Tons of GMs waiting to run you through adventures. That's brilliant. Good idea. Yeah, that's really cool. I had been a professional GM for like five years. And people could ask me, like, well, do you know someone in this place? Or do you know some of this? And people that were like, how can I do the same thing you did? I'm like, it's a great question. That should be solved. And and back in March, we solved it. We're like, right. this is how you do it. You know, sign for a platform. You could uh, advertise yourself as a GM. Tons of players come every day. We have like a thousand people coming to our set every day looking for games. Right. That's the other thing I noticed about. So like, I think a lot of people have always That's been crazy. curious about Dungeons and Dragons and wanted to play and they didn't know someone or afraid. So this gives you access. How do you become a professional DM or GM? Is there... A certification you have to get or what what's the guidelines for that uh there is a bit of sacrifice that is intended um mostly blood rituals <laughs> okay good no i mean <laughs> a, a, anyone can um the big thing is we allow you uh, to like okay. port in or accept reviews up to like 20 reviews from people who've played with you outside of our platform so if you got people you, okay. you can get reviews on there but you know social proof is really how you become a professional game master um, we don't own the word professional. So there's many definitions. And I would consider people mm. who uh, are professional game masters are the same type of people who run games at game shops, people who run games at conventions, people who run games uh, on streams, people, anyone who puts in a, a certain mm -hmm. level of effort into their games. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are hobbyists that can be considered professional because they take mm -hmm. it a step further and they put so much effort into it. Um, professional buyer stands, you're getting paid for it. And, and there's a lot of these really, really talented people that deserve to be paid for sure. the work that they're putting together. Yeah. When did you find your love for Dungeons and Dragons? Where did it all begin for you? Seven years mm -hmm. old. I was in a bookstore. I saw a book and it fascinated me. It was not a D and D book. Uh -uh. It was a choose your own adventure, solo dice story. Okay. And I, I was not, I, I didn't even think I was seven. I think I was younger than that. But I wasn't a big reader yet. There was a lot. It was not a book that I should be able to read at that age. My mother, she read it to me and let me. She was the dungeon master. Uh -huh. She read it and then I would choose what I wanted to do and then roll the dice. And she kept all the track. And the, that was my first experience in like tabletop role playing games. And I loved it. It was my favorite. It was my strongest memory as a kid was this game. And I can't remember what it's called. Um, but it was one of the things I, I, I remember lovingly so much. When I got older, I found out about D&D at like a game store like, you know, many people do and have just loved it ever since. Are you only doing Dungeons and Dragons? Do you do any other tabletop RPGs as well? Oh, I, 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 I do a number with my friends. Professionally, I only run D&D mm -hmm. 5e uh, but, or, or, or 3, 3.5. But our site is everything. 13th Age, we got it. Blaze in the Dark, we got it. Uh, mm -hmm. Arthur Pendragon, we got it. Like all the different, you know, Burn Bright, we've got it. Um, that's, that's actually funny. I think that's going to be one of our next Facebook ads. It's just someone trying to list off all the obscure games that our GMs can run. And like, well, what about what about OBS, uh, OBX? Yep, we have it. Cyberpunk, I'm sure you have that too. Cyberpunk Red. Yeah, Cyberpunk, all of them. So what's what's the next biggest after D&D? What's the one that people, what's the second biggest audience on your guys? Burn platform? Bright currently. Okay. Burn Bright currently. is on, on the rise. Burn Bright is Roll20's... Uh, personal um or not personal this their proprietary game system that's meant to uh -huh. roll 20 that one is definitely rising pathfinders <laughs> rising um and i okay. think uh oh any anything that's powered by the apocalypse that's probably the second biggest game system on our site is powered by the apocalypse games 
Um, just because it's it's so easy to make a game using that system and just so narratively driven. Oh, so you're playing all tabletop games. Are you playing any video games? Are you a video game player too? Uh, right right now I'm uh, I'm playing. Um, uh, I'm bad at I'm bad at I'm bad at games. I buy a lot of games and I don't play them. See, that's what our that's, show's about. That's where it started. Yeah. So you know, our show's about we have all these games we want to play and it's a backlog. Yeah. So what what are you what are you trying to get through? I I have Cyberpunk. Haven't played mm. it. I've played like four hours of it. I have The Witcher. I haven't picked it up in a year. Um, I, I have Divinity. I haven't picked that up in a year. Right now on my Switch, though, I've been playing um, Super Mario. Uh, it's it's the flat one. They they released one on the Switch. Um, it's the 2D uh, platformer. Oh, the, the um, Mario Brothers Deluxe? <laughs> he pulls up his Switch. <laughs> deluxe? Yes, Mario yes, Bros. Yes. U Deluxe. Yeah. No, that's happened last week with our guests. They're like, let um, me go through my backlog on the I, Switch. It's- I've backed a lot of games on Kickstarter that I haven't played yet. I have like uh, uh, Soul Star, I think it's called. It's like uh, a 5e um, uh, okay. uh, D&D inspired cool. game. And I haven't okay. played that yet. I got Boulder's Gate 3. Only played like two hours. <laughs> that looks rad. Only Boulder's Gate. I, I tried to manage... Uh, original sin 2 on the switch and i didn't care for it i think it'd be better on a pc i think that would be part of it just because it yeah. felt kind of clunky because i feel yeah. there's like a lot of clicking i was gonna say i think the boulder's gates like the big d the most well received D video game right yeah i mean I, I i remember playing boulder's gate one and two and the neverwinter nights and icewind dale yes i played all of those i loved them i can't remember a thing about them though <laughs> I don't know why, but I remember just like I don't know what Thaco is, but let's do this. I just remember is it right. two what's the there's the one kind of like insane wizard guy that I don't even know if he is a wizard or if he's a warlock. Morden Kanan? No what was his name? I don't if I wanna say it started with a T. Oh, oh, from Dragonlance. Um Oh gosh, I'm losing my nerd card, Dragonlance. <laughs> Dragonlance Wizard. What is it? It's um. I respect that neither of you are googling it. That you're both trying to pull it out. <laughs> I'm googling it right now. <laughs> Just the. Let me click, think. Click, 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 click. What is it? Now I gotta know. Um. There's Talisoff. There's Rastlin. Um. Whoa. No. He's not. He's not a. No. He's not Dragonlance. He's definitely Forgotten Realms. Uh. Forgotten Realms Wizard. Uh. Most powerful. Most powerful wizard. Oh yeah. He just like rewrites history. Ellen. Oh no. Elminster. It's not Elminster. <laughs> no. Is it? it's, it's not Minsk, is it? No, because Min- Min- no. Minsk is, is uh, he's he's a like, fighter barbarian, I think. Yeah, okay. No, I just remember is that it name. Boo? It's a boo. It's boo. We're talking about a space hamster. Space hamster? <laughs> no. Yes. No, but what? this just goes to the point I was trying to make where, like, just the characters that are in those games and stuff are, like, the best. Like, they're all... Oh, yeah. I feel like the characters are memorable, maybe not like the overall plot or things like that, but sure. just like the people. For Divinity, you I'll, I'll remember Red yeah. Prince. Red Prince was cool. I liked him. Oh, yeah. That, he was in my party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone picks yeah. Red Prince that starts that oh, game. He's a must. Oh, give me the, the Red Lizard Man? Yes, please. Yeah. I felt that like my party was just too homogenous. I was like, I just need to get like, I just need to like get more diversity in this group with like some non like some humanoids, but like non human esque humanoids. Yes. Yeah. You know, I feel like there. Uh, actually, just side note. That's one of the cool things I liked about Burn Bright. There's no humans. Oh, yeah. Everything is just like this there's, other. There's just no. You just, there's no human as a default. That's kind of nice. Uh, race to play as. See, we have a whole list of D and D questions to do because we're doing. But we're gonna save that for our final segment with the. How many DM games or how many D and D games are you running currently? Um, well, so I run one on our, on our Twitch show every week, um, mm-hmm. and then I usually try to run one with my community uh, uh, every week. Um. Okay, so you're playing yeah, twice playing a week. about twice a week. Uh, my team, we do we we do a mandatory game where we play once a month during office hours. It's not a it's not an off office. So it's during your work day, we play a, a game, and every every month we try to change the game we're playing. Sure, good. That's product yeah. development, right? You know, product like research. We have, we got, uh, but yeah. what's cool is so now we have we're doing these partnerships with these big companies, and. Mm-hmm. instead of like taking them out to dinner, cause that's like a normal thing you kind of do when you have like a client, you know, like mm. sure. I'm taking them out for a game night virtually. So it's like, well, listen, yeah. what games have you always want to play? It's like, Oh, I've always wanted to play. It's like, great. I'm going to set something yeah. up. What's a good date for you. And like, go ahead and bring some friends. And then, you know, we'll bring some from our team. And it's a work event to just play games with our clients. That's yeah. that's that, that's the dream right there. So I DM for yeah, right. our I've I've actually never played a game. Yeah, I always end up being the DM because everyone's always so intimidated and afraid 
of like becoming the DM. So this kind of a service is probably great for the majority of people because they have their friend group just doesn't, you know, want their they they're afraid to yeah. be that the good slash bad guy slash, you know, not getting to right. participate the same as everyone else. The, I, I think I think you strike a good note here too, because there's a lot of people that are like, well, how'd you become a DMs? Like, well nobody else wanted yeah. to. It's really how it begins. Interesting. Yeah. No one else wanted to do it. I like when I found out that I could be a dungeon master and they're like, <laughs> you just need the book and you just need to read it. I was like, okay. And I bought that before I bought the player's handbook. Yeah. I was like, I'm I'm gonna this is my jam. I wanna be the I wanna be the dungeon master. Yeah, and it's all about world building and stuff. And like when I first started, it was all I was just using people's, you know, pre made modules and like worlds and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's been fun as I've gotten more familiar and comfortable with it of like I can now like create this kind of like in my current campaign there's a guild system that's based off of like the anime kind of fairy tale and stuff where they're all kind of bounty hunt. They get like these missions from like like the head of the guild yeah. and all each guild's kind of like stereotypical like there's like the rogue kind of guild there's the whatever and but it's been really fun just kind of creating that system yes. and how they interact and yeah you know. and having those tropes are fun too it's like well these are the this is the swamp guild right all swamp swampy <laughs> and we're about alligators yeah you know <laughs> yeah that's fun to have that like that's what your players kind of expect like oh we're going to swamp guild what kind of things are we gonna say like right we're gonna ride this alligator here and we're gonna find some swamp monsters yeah and mm-hmm. i almost find it like if you don't do like those tropes and like stereotypes and stuff people get kind of thrown off because and they're like because they expect it like oh well this is the fighter guild well they you know they're going to be kind of like jocks or whatever you kind of make right? it yeah. and if you're not if like they're all like fancy free kind of like elf people people are like wait that's not like what i would expect it to be so you can yeah. mess with people well speaking of world building you've been playing a different game yeah. sean too that valheim that everyone's been talking oh. about tell me tell me about this world of Valheim. before, before you do that can yeah. you tell me what is this game like yeah, i get yeah, like but, rewind because yeah. i've seen all the stuff <laughs> and i just need to know more and i didn't start playing until like a week after it probably like blew up on twitch and i think it came out it's, so it's an early access it is a Norse kind of mythology based, loosely based thing. Um, like you start off getting flown in by a giant raven called, I think, Hunan. Um, one of Odin's ravens. Yeah, one of and, the two. And you're flown into Valheim, which I believe is a plane in like the Norse mythology. So like yeah. Norse mythology, everything's based around the world tree, Yggdrasil. Uh, we live on Midgard. Humans, regular world is called Midgard. Um, Valheim, I guess, is another one of those planes. You know, you kind of like purgatory. I think so. It seems like it's something like you died. It sounds like it, and you're not in like Valhalla or something where it's like that's where like good warriors and stuff go to. You're not in like hell, which is like you know where our version of hell is kind of based off of. Uh, but yeah, so you start off in Valheim. You're just like a naked guy or lady, and they're like, "All right, excellent." There's, like this song, right? Okay. <laughs> and the this giant ravens talking to you and telling you kind of about this world and like you used to be a warrior and you know there's been other people here in this world. Um, there are these, I think there's five, but there's like these bosses, like there's these these spirits that you have to defeat in this world. And I don't know if the ultimate goal is to escape or like to earn your place. To Valhalla. Yeah, I, that seems like that's what it is. It's like a very brief kind of mention you know they're just trying to like add the story on top of this survival game but that's what it is it's like a open-ish world survival game um it has seeds so like when you make a world or whatever they each can be kind of generated differently it's all randomly kind of generated the game is only a gigabyte in like download size which everyone that's i've talked to is like that's really surprising because you go and you play it and it doesn't feel super randomly generated. It doesn't yeah. f- like a lot of my big problem with randomly generated stuff is usually you start noticing patterns and like the same thing over and over and over again, eventually yeah. just like in different kind of combinations where this doesn't really feel like that. The textures, and that's probably one of the big keys of why it's so <coughs> low download size is the textures remind me of like, if I was playing an old RPG, like one of the old Ultima games or something from like the mid nineties, oh. like it reminds me kind of like Nintendo 64 graphics, like that kind of like, I was it 32 bit or is it 64? Yeah. 64. 64. It's the, the name. Yeah. But it kind of reminds on. me of that on top of like a more modern, um, like frame, like all the yeah. animations and stuff are smooth, you know, like when you run and you jump and stuff, it's not super rigid. Um, 
so so graphics wise it's really cool the building is a little clunky but it's very familiar it's like all kind of like if you played or know what arc is or minecraft or any of those kind of games it's kind of like you're building on this like things kind of snap together um but one of the nice things and i think the best part of why people are playing a bunch of it is it has co-op pve yeah so two million copies in two weeks i want to put that out really yeah um but yeah, so you can now, play did with this up just to, release or did it just blow uh, up on February second, yeah. Yeah. Well. And it's still early access, so I my thing and it's twenty dollars as well, I think is a big selling point for a lot of people. Which, you know, if you can buy a, a co op game to play with your friends, one person buys it for twenty bucks, next thing you know, they're telling their friends, Oh, this game's cool, and you know, and it spreads from there, which is what happens with a lot of like, Do you like think- multiplayer games. Did they say they were going to release this February second? Because to me, it sounds like if I was if I was a, a, a developer over there, I was leading that game. I was like, "Yo, Rust oh, yeah. just blew up. Rust right. just mm-hmm. had like ten million concurrent users on Twitch. Major streamers are playing it. No branding, no nothing. This is just like a, a gem. We should drop this because yeah. it's better than Rust, and everyone's wanting to play that. And it's going to be a new game that people flock to. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how long the process for them to get approved by Valve is. Um, yeah. if they had to like put in for this a month or two or whatever back but yeah Rust has been big for quite a while on Twitch like some of the big streamers and I don't even know why they suddenly all started jumping onto it it's it's one of those things I find on especially with Twitch is like one or two big streamers will discover a game or like start playing a game a bunch and then it just spreads it's like almost like a ripple like a drop and yeah. then poof, and then suddenly everyone's playing it what they what they did with Rust which was really interesting is these couple one big streamer invited like 20 or 50 streamers to their server oh, right that's, that's yes. a good move oh, and so everyone's playing it and it was like oh this is new and then you know of course anything just like you said the ripple anytime like something's being played by a lot of people everyone else is like well i'll jump on this yeah it's yeah. like gta rp like that kind of yeah. thing happened where they had that exclusive kind of server where all of these big streamers were playing on and then everyone and their brothers wanting to play there too so with valheim though the you can only play 10 and they're a cap i think on... 10 is the max and they don't even recommend i think you play with 10 i wonder if it we, breaks the game i have a secondary like pc setup actually behind me um that is i kind of like host servers like arc and rust and other stuff on and so i have a dedicated server for valheim so me and my like discord server and my friends and stuff have been playing off of that which has been nice because normally it's uh player hosted so when you when you start to play you fire it up and then like your friends can join on it and it's not necessarily persistent um yeah that it so that's been fun but it's also been interesting learning because there's stuff that doesn't respawn and it's not really made for like a mmo or like a persistent kind of world so much but it's i've been super surprised at how stable it is like it hasn't crashed once it's been up for like four days now hasn't crashed once hasn't it hiccups every once in a while if a lot of people are on but um i've been really impressed with it it's it's the game going back to like what the game kind of play is is it is kind of combat focused like you can block you can dodge if you block at the like last second you can parry and then like it feels really nice the combat in this game like it feels like shooting the bow is really nice like it feels like they they use a lot of um camera shake which if someone's like might get motion sick or things from that you might want to stay with way with it i don't know if there's an option to turn that off feels really good when you're killing stuff oh also the best part of the game funnily enough is cutting down trees <laughs> because they kill you right that yes. i read that's so, the biggest enemy in the game is the, the trees. trees have bi- the trees have physics and when oh. you cut them down they fall and when they hit stuff they do damage depending on like how big and how far they fall that's and so they can brilliant. domino into each other and next thing you know like the whole forest is coming down around you and you're like getting smashed up by these trees i have had a couple of for different friends get killed by trees because they're stood in the path <laughs> um uh yeah so it's it's just fun it's i like that i like, I like that. that yeah that's good and that's good i like systemic gaming i spent yeah. probably like a half an hour <laughs> just pushing logs up the hill to release them and roll them down into other trees <laughs> to try and knock them down it was just fun tree bowling just, just yeah, to see like it, all right let's it, go so this do is do you think that's that was done by like a caveman at one point was like whoa <laughs> 
Like they they say things like let's roll this all the way up, but you know, like they say this in grunts. Yeah. And then just try to knock things down and like how stoked they Absolutely. were when it right. Yeah. I could Dude. definitely see them cutting like a tree at the edge of a cliff down below the cliff onto other trees and trying to knock stuff up. I'm off. sure there's kids on YouTube doing that right now, not just cavemen. Yeah. They're like, "All oh, right, let's do yeah. this. I'm still going to send it." Like it is that those guys, you know. Oh, Grab man. your chainsaw. We're going to the forest right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like back in the day, um I think natives in Australia and stuff would like corral and kind of like lead animals off of a cliff like they would get them all worked up and scare them and get them all to run off the cliff so then they like suddenly have like a dozen like animal corpses that they can make food and stuff off of it's just like that ingenuity and like when it probably first worked yeah it was probably like Oh my god, this is so much easier than having to spear all Life of them. Hack. Do you know we used to just like chase animals till they got too tired? Because mm-hmm. like they can't sweat, right? right? Yeah. So like, imagine being the first person to is like, listen, let's just keep going. They're like, I don't know, I'm really tired. I was like, no, <laughs> I bet you he'll get more tired. Like, <laughs> there's these ultra marathoners now that are bow hunters that talk about that because they run for days. They're like, yeah, we can chase it down for three days. We'll get it eventually. <laughs> You're really committed to the game. I'm like, ah, like it's gone. All right, I missed. This isn't for me. You know, you tip my hat to the deer, walk off. No, you got to keep going. You're absolutely right. So, Sean, is there, I've seen the big blue troll enemies. Is there any other dragons or other Norse mythological type so, creatures? For the bosses, we've killed, I think there's five, at least for now. Because you, when you. Oh, so there's when little you, raids. Yeah, so when you stop there, it, or like when you first land, there's five stones. And he's like, there's these five bosses, and each one kind of leads to the next one. The first one is called Eichthyr. Or Elkthir, but it's like a big, it's a lightning, uh, lightning deer is what it is. And you go and you go and fight it and it's like shooting lightning off and stomping the ground and charging you. I believe that's called Jägermeister, right. if I'm correct, <laughs> lightning deer. <laughs> and then we just killed the second one and the second one was called the Elder. And he was like a big treant and he was like summoning roots down below him and throwing uh, like vines at your face and stuff. And it was actually like... That one was an intense fight. Like we we almost died quite a few times, um, and then we go, we kill him, and we run back down to our portal to go back to our base. Because to get here, we had to sail, and the sailing ships is oh, wow. actually it's a whole it's based off of wind. So they have a whole wind system. So you have to like sail with the wind. It gets stormy, and your boat. I I swear I saw some like beasts in the ocean oh yeah like, that's fine o- cool. yeah <laughs> but kraken's coming the kraken is right, coming out so of there. i was like uh-oh i'm staying near the shore because <laughs> of that but we were sailing and we were actually like all kind of terrified that because we, when we started it was a storm and i'm like oh it'll be fine if we just stick near the shore you know and those huge swells are like doing damage to the ship we can see it and we're like uh as so soon as i get this game i'm gonna be like i'm, I'm going to see boys i want to explore i want to be the guy that gets eaten by the megalodon first yeah i want to know i want to know <laughs> we did one of the rocks and the one of the nice things going to this game is no one we none of us really know and there's a, there is a wiki but it's like a very like not fleshed out so it's a right. lot of exploration and learning how to play this game it feels but, like everyone's but, figuring it out right now as like a, the yeah world. Yeah, it's literally like at first everyone's making like multiple like different axes or like hammers or like different tools because when it breaks, you're like, how do I repair this? Like it's not like other games. And so everyone (laughs) would be and then when you throw things on the ground, they're all persistent because it's not none of them like disappear. So someone could be running by and pick up a bunch of garbage that someone would throw on the ground. But then a couple of hours into the game, we realized, oh, there is a repair button if you go in the workshop. There's like this little kind of inconspicuous button, but now one person learned it. They tell someone else and that person tells other people like, this is how you, so now there's not a bunch of like just half broken tools all around the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's been fun <laughs> learning that way, but I will say Casey, one of the, one of the boss stones at the beginning had a, it looks like it has a dragon. Up. Cool. So nice. there's probably going to be a dragon and it seems like each of the biomes has a boss. Can you farm the bosses? Do you know? Can you go back? Yes, yeah, so you can keep summoning them using trophies. And we learned that because we were all playing together on the server, and then we run by those standing stones, and we're like, what the heck? Why is one of the stones glowing? And we go over there, and there's this giant deer trophy head on the stone, and we're like, someone killed the first boss already. And they, no one said anything. Someone already <laughs> killed the first boss. So we're all like, oh, that's that's a dick move. Like, what? Are, now, because we thought it was just like a one-time boss thing and that you wouldn't be able to respawn it, but... 
turns out you're supposed to collect these deer trophies from killing regular deer around the world and you sacrifice those on this like the altar thing and that summons the boss so you can keep doing it as long as you get those trophies and things like that wow that's really interesting and, it seems like there's so many different systems on this yeah. game it's awesome yeah, it's nice and then when you do kill the bosses you can get like a buff from them like you get like this power that you can use from time to time like the deer is like it increases your stamina and health regeneration for five minutes and then the the elder that we killed is <laughs> my friends were all like disappointed because the power that it gives you is faster wood cutting Excellent. I'm like, yes, because I'm usually the builder. I'm like, yes, faster wood cutting, more trees. Well, and I know, Shelby, you've been streaming a game that is a lot like Valhalla Control, right? They're so much alike. It's so much alike. Yeah, one to one comparison. Yeah. yeah, Control about the Norse mythology <laughs> in the FBI. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, this is sarcasm. Yes. yes, yes. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in for that. Game. Yeah, no, I've uh, I've been playing Control. It's uh, pretty sweet. Uh, the con- the combat is much better than I thought it would be. Kind of start out showing up at a random. It looks like it's an abandoned government building, and then you immediately get promoted to director. And I'm just like, hey, director, what's going on? That's how it works. And um, so, yeah, suspicious first day on the job, and it seems like the janitor is like second in command or something. I don't know. Seems like Cool right, you're like, did everyone above me die? And that's why I'm the leader. Yeah. Now. How suspicious would you be in real life if you shows like, congratulations, you're the new boss? <laughs> I'd be like, uh, <laughs> how much debt am I getting out of this? <laughs> but it turns out, like an hour in, you get to levitate things with your mind. So worth it. I'd be the director. Just let let, let me throw things. Can all the directors do that <laughs> in real life? I think so. <laughs> like once you get promoted in corporate America to director, you can move things with your mind. That's how that works. That's how Jeff Bezos is so rich. Got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's why it's bald. It's true. They say 90% of success is just showing up. (laughs) (laughs) So true. But no, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. The combat is uh, really, really good. It's really fluid. The the gunplay is awesome. Third person. And being able to just pick anything up off the ground and throw it at your enemy is so satisfying. Yeah. That was in in Half-Life 2, the gravity gun. You could pick up bricks and throw them at people. Those were always (laughs) my favorite. Or just whatever. That sounds fun. So you're not too far into that, though, right? You're streaming that on Thursdays now? I'm pretty early. I don't know if Thursdays will be an ongoing uh, stream time for me just because it was kind of a fluke. We didn't have anything going on in the office. I'm like, why don't we stream video games? Cool. There you go. So, uh, yeah, it was a good time. I'm definitely going to play more of it, hopefully on stream um, when and where I can. Pretty early into it. It seems like they don't want you to know exactly what's going on in terms of the story. So I'm excited to right. see where that so goes. This is, okay, I was trying to remember yeah, what cool. studio makes Control. Because I knew they made like Quantum Break and stuff like that. And it's Remedy mm-hmm. who made it, like Alan uh, Wake yeah. and Max Payne. See, I'm the only one who did I didn't play any video yeah. game. I, I tabletop this weekend. I went up to the mountains and unplugged and played. I played a lot of Settlers of Catan. <laughs> Finally got my strategy in that game. That's a fun I one. I still never played it. Somehow. What, what's your strat? What's your strat right now? My strat is, obviously, you got to hit the eights. You want to be on the eights and the sixes, right? That's the Smart. thing. Statistically, mm-hmm. they're the highest. But I'll find an eight, and I'll put both of my houses at the get-go on the eight so I can get double pulls from the eight or the six, whatever resource I want. And then I go for the... I, what I did when I won... Was I'm like, I'm just going to play silly and get all like, I want to get the, I played the most cards card and you get two victory points for that, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to make the biggest road. In one turn, I made seven roads because I had just been stacking bricks and <laughs> wow. forth. And then my wife looks at me like, how did you do that? And I go, I got that big road energy, dude. How'd you know? Like, give me the roads. I like that. And um, I, I have the uh, so descent strategy. Okay. Okay, what's that? Where I just I want to cause as much problems as possible. <laughs> yes. I want, I just want to, I just want everyone to be suspicious of each other. Just like really try, like, are you sure you want to trade that with them? Because like they're trying to trick you. Oh, nice. Right. I'll tell you people know? their move. That I'm like, she needs that to build this. Like, I'll make it really clear. Like, do you want her to win? Do you want? Yeah, that's the good move. Casey, how's the hate? Or have any of you guys heard of the villains games? They're like Disney themed, and you play. I've seen, I've seen the box, and you like. I played two or three of the expansions of it, but it is really good for that kind of descent stuff. Like the whole idea is you're playing as a villain um, from Disney classics. So you like you could be Jafar from Aladdin. You can be like um, Prince Richard from from Robin Hood or you can be Ursula or you can be Maleficent. And then there's other expansions that add more and more of them like Radigan, I want to say, from the Great Mouse Detective is one of them. Um, but that's a deep reference. That right? is a deep, that's awesome. <laughs> so there's some are like, oh, wow, that's a that's one of the people. Um, 
but yeah, they each kind of have their own mission or goal. Like Prince, uh, Prince is it Prince John? Prince, Prince Richard. Richard. No, Prince King John, Richard. It's Prince John. King Richard. Prince yeah. John. Prince John. His whole thing is to get twenty, basically coins, like twenty money. Um, but your other players use like your he- like they draw from your hero deck. So all the like good things like Robin Hood and um, like whatever other things he wants to mess with you with. They draw cards and they can play uh, them against you. But but the thing is, so the villains, you want to get in other people's heads like, no, you want to mess with them. I'm not even close oh, yeah. to my victory. Like you want to. So you're constantly just <laughs> See, trying I, to like screw each other over and get each other. I grew up playing Risk with my closest friends and that game can get really rude. A lot of fist oh, yeah. fights over that game in my youth. Uh, a lot of, like, a lot no, of go no, after him. He's yeah. stronger. Go after him. Why I secretly <laughs> amass an army. Yeah, no, there was some of that. Right. Um, no, I just did all the silly cards and then I just built stuff and I'm making the long roads really fun. I wanted to go. I'm like, who cannot beat this? Like, let me go for the long this road and i got all of my roads in a straight go because i just was like i went for it fast but that was good um other than that i think we'll move on to our next segment the news the big three news i want to talk about this one because i know shelby's been playing some pokemon and there's some big news pokemon's 25th anniversary is coming up and they're throwing a big concert with Katy perry headlining and now post malone is gonna do this digital concert <laughs> this what? is a wonderful trailer <laughs> yeah. by the way yeah i was surprised yeah. he has said he's a fan i don't you know like a lot of people can say they're a fan right and you don't know what to believe yeah i mean i paid pokemon go as well <laughs> with everyone else in the world yes oh, pokemon go yes yes i have nostalgia right or like you get the people like i played right. red and blue they're the best pokemon and none of the other ones matter. yeah yes i mean i've only really ever played red and blue but yeah i think it's interesting I, I like this. I think what changed the game was that Travis Scott in Fortnite concert. Because we like pish pot it. Like, oh, pish pot. And then we yeah. watch the video and we're like, oh, this is actually really cool. So I think they're seeing it. If they put Post Malone in the Pokemon game, though, that's the real move. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how they are going to do that. Because it's not quite like for, like a Fortnite world, you know. There's no Pokemon mm. MMO. Oh, he could, no. There's kind of, you do these dens where you Gigantamax and you fight a giant Pokemon. <laughs> and what comes out is Post Malone. That's the move. <laughs> or, and he's just start or performing. while you're like while you're battling in the background as post malone like performing a concert he gets gigantamax yes. and then you got to take him on <laughs> what is post malone weak to uh, like what's his weakness he's definitely a poison type because he smokes so much right he's got to be he's got a little bit of wheezing so i'd say earth and psychic but those face tattoos make him scary so he's maybe a dark type <laughs> pikachu attacks post malone with <laughs> yes, sobriety I, I think they're immune to boomers yes. it's super <laughs> immune to boomers he's got the millennial ability can just do whatever yeah. he wants get all the face tattoos like, i don't know if you'd consider him weak to tattoos or weak to metal i don't is 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 he a millennial musician or is he a, a, oh, i don't even know how old he is because like i i because like i'm a millennial but i'm like an elder it's millennial right same. Like we all are you're right you're like in your <laughs> mid-30s too right? yeah. Yeah. yeah he was born in 95 so yeah so he's a he's a zoomer yeah. he's a zoomer oh god or his fan base is millennials <laughs> so i don't know i guess he he is weak to irony he's weak to criticism <laughs> harsh criticism that's what i'd say about zoomers yeah. <laughs> and uh very heavy in sarcasm and i attack. mean so he's a grass type and a poison type is that what we're hearing yes that's what i'm saying yeah he smokes enough yeah that works <laughs> that works clouds he spits poison are you gonna watch this concert no <laughs> no I, I, I will i will watch the clips of it the yeah next i'm not gonna day. watch it live i'm not gonna like stop what i'm doing as much as i love pokemon if someone like tweets out like whoa did you see this it happened at this but if someone's like it was great i was like i probably won't but if there's something like oh, look what happened i'm like yeah i'm gonna watch that there's like some hot goss i'm, I'm all about it yeah god you know nintendo though i wonder what kind of hot goss and i bet you there's gonna be one more musician uh, with it, because you can't. Who are you gonna predict? Who are you gonna be? A country artist? You gotta balance. <laughs> yeah, right right right. right. uh, <laughs> yo, I think I like Casey Musgraves. <laughs> I'd check it out. It needs go. to be. Uh, I think it needs to be. Was it Hatsune Miku? Oh, the the little the three D. You, know, you gotta have. There needs to be a Japanese artist. Yes, yeah, she's she's the CGI. Oh, I forget what it's called. Vo- oh, Kanaboon, dude, Kanaboon. We get them. That would be the Japanese band that I put out there. They make the the best anime intro song ever. Or what's that baby um, baby metal band? <laughs> I <laughs> got oh, no. uh, yeah. one of them. Yes. Yeah. I like that Pokemon's getting its well-deserved love, but I don't, I, I, I might hope this is the end of video game concerts. I'd be cool with 
that trend going away. Well, if Nintendo is finally doing it, maybe no, this more. is the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> so sad, so true. In other news, the currently there is a college class being taught through Red Dead Redemption is being used to teach American history class. I read this. This was on GameSpot. And it was the first of a kind at the University of Tennessee. And it's called History 383. So it's a 300 class. If you remember, 300 classes are your junior year. You don't just get to do this. <laughs> but it uses both the uh, Red Dead Redemption and sequel to explore 1899 to 1911 American history. I wonder what the, what the, like, what your prereqs for this class are. Like half the Xbox um, 101 or something. And like, <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. If it's American history, well, who's studying? I guess you're just studying American history, right? What video game would be coming? But there's no Civil War games. So, yet. well, yeah, Assassin's Creed. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah. That's right. There you go. There you, see, you go. Yeah. I forgot. That's right there. Like, did you take Black Sales 101? <laughs> right. You had to finish that show. Totally. It's like cross media. So, like, did you watch these shows? Like, 101 is like TV yes. shows and movies. Yes. Did you watch Liberty Kids at school you know? as a child? There you go. You got to learn the Revolutionary War. Uh, God. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not like American history in media class or something like yeah, that. You know, like, like it's not yeah. like that. But they're actually just teaching history. Like, mm -hmm. I know I haven't played Redemption, but from what I understand, um, like they really went all in on like accuracy, like historical kind of accuracy and kind of realism. Are you talking about two? Oh, I'm talking about two, I guess. There's one, one Redemption? Yeah, you played, we played one together. Yeah, I, I, definitely played. Played, I definitely played one. Yeah. yeah. So they're using one? They're not even using two? They're using both. Using one and two. Uh, one and yeah. two. Now here's the thing, that's why I, 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 I have credits at that school. At University of Tennessee? I have played one and two. I've, oh, no, no, there we I've, go. I've played oh, one and two. So go. I'm just going to award myself credits. Yeah. Yes. So now you can root for the volunteers every Saturday when they play college football. That's a nice in. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, what, what games yeah. do you think would be great for history? I have one locked and loaded that I know helped me as a child. Mario's missing. Oh my god! <laughs> yes! The fact that you're... Okay, so I literally just talked about it because that was the biggest letdown for a video game. It's such a bad video it's game. The, it's not uh, a good video game by any means. You think you're but getting a video... Like, you think you your parents just bought you a video game. You're so stoked. You're going to jump on some Goombas to find out there's only <laughs> one in the entire game and you spend all of it just learning about the different places in the world. <laughs> you learn about different <laughs> times. It's like periods. Carmen yeah, Sandiego. It's, Carmen San Diego it's not even as fun as Carmen Sandiego. No. <laughs> you like catch her, but you just wander. Oh, it was the worst. I hate that game <laughs> so much. But I did learn a lot of history. What generation or when was Super that from? Nintendo. Yeah, it was a Super Nintendo game. I remember playing uh, when I was like eight. Oh no, it was an NES game that also then got ported into Super Nintendo. Oh, did for it? For some oh. god-awful <laughs> reason. God. I never played <laughs> That's awesome. Like we need this. No, I played the SNES version. I remember learning a lot about the Renaissance and a couple other time periods from it. <laughs> and no, I don't know what other video games, though, would help me. With Assassin's school. Creed in the later games are pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. I they mean, focus a lot on it. Assassin's Creed is kind of cool because it feels like the historical period you're going to. So, I mean, yeah. I can see it just like as a short introduction. There's no way he's going to make him play all of those games, though. Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 1 and 2 are long. What if that's like your, your final? You have to turn a <laughs> screenshot of your, like, completed game like right. all right and if you get a hundred percent completion you get like the highest marks of honor i know it's not historically accurate but i god i wish it was uncharted yeah. uh, oh i could play an uncharted <laughs> game all the way through because i just like i need to get back to it and like that is that is but there's no way there's no way that uncharted is historically accurate <laughs> no. there's no. no way first they have I to play warcraft was... 2 to really start at the beginning oh there you go Yes, oh, that's very. No, I think one game, and I joke about this, but I, at the halftime, not joking. I think a high school requirement to graduate, if I were to say a game, would be Portal Two. Oh, <laughs> for the history? No, just for common sense, <laughs> just, for, uh, just yeah. to see, like, can you solve this? Like, can, <laughs> yeah. you're ready to move on. In the just world. so everybody cool. knows that the cake is a lie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. That moves us to our final news story of the segment, and it's a tabletop story. And uh, this came out a couple weeks ago. Avatar is to get its own tabletop role-playing game. Avatar: The Last Airbender. I was going to say to clarify, it's Last Airbender, not Avatar. <laughs> uh, thank goodness. Yes, not not James Cameron Avatar. <laughs> not yet. I bet you're excited for this because you love. I love bending. Avatar. I love. I love Avatar, and it's with the Korra world too. I want Korra's dog. I've already got a character in mind. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm set. I feel like some mediums, like there's a Marvel tabletop RPG game too, right? And I don't know how, if that sells big. Sure. Devin, I want to go to you on this one. When big pup, <laughs> like IPs become a tabletop game. What do you see? Is it really like a quick hit and it doesn't last, or do they get really loyal fans to it? So, 
the the big thing is there's there's ports for almost any property that exist. So there was like a five E right. port to Avatar that existed like on drive through or DM scale. There's something like that. That like how could I make a bender in D and D? So people want to play these properties. The big thing is you should look at this as a form of fan fiction. Um, because think about if you were to no. play a Firefly tabletop RPG, you're like, I could finally explore more of this world that they've released in comics and things like that. Oh, uh, Firefly you would get be to, great. You get to create the stories that you yeah. can't get enough of. And that's one of the reasons why licensees right. like are so, so so successful. Tabletop games are now like um, becoming way, way more successful because they're not just afterthoughts. Um, you know, I would say something like the Wendy's mm-hmm. RPG was an afterthought because it's just it's just a five E supplement, you know. Um they were just doing Wendy's some, like the burger yeah, Wendy's? when they when they did when... their big thing. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know oh, I didn't know that. Did I didn't know they did. This? Um, but then you have then you have things like uh we have any fans of Dragon Prince? I've heard of it. <laughs> My son and I just started watching it's that. It's a Netflix show. Oh actually yeah I watched the first season. It it, it takes they have their uh role playing game Zandia which is just taking off. It's it's supposed to be phenomenal. The rule set's great and and that's the big thing is like all these uh, properties, they want their own physics engine that kind of explain how gameplay works in their world. Mm. So, you know, like in our world, there is no physics engine for a ninja avoiding a machine gun blast, right? Yeah. You know, like that just doesn't happen. But when you watch these shows, like, well, the ninja, yeah. he definitely did it. So you, you create a physics engine. That's what the gameplay is about. It's like, how can you create these heroes come through and play mm. out like fan fiction? Um, who, who uh, I, I remember hearing about um, Avatar, not the not the Navi, but um, <laughs> uh, let's see who is who's make who's the who's making this game? Who's putting it out? Oh, Magpie Games. Oh yeah, Magpie. So Magpie is what other games do they yeah. make? Yeah, okay, you got a banger on your hands. Then is Magpie it? is like prime okay. primo stuff. Like they put out amazing games. I I have no uh, second thoughts that this is not going to be like an amazing game. Um, because they're known for putting out good stuff. They do Mass Next Generation. They did Root. Um, they did Urban Shadows. Uh, they did Zombie World. Um, they also did Passions de la Passions, which is uh, like a a role playing game where you play in a telenovela. <laughs> I thought it was Whoa. based on the old, yeah, the old uh, Seduce Everyone. That is the name of the game. Was it Passions? <laughs> passions was a uh, soap opera that was on yes, during the day. Yes. Yeah, so they've they've done t- so. I, I I have a lot of uh, a lot of faith in that game. Yeah, I think Avatar two. Like I liked it back in two thousand five. It was a great show, and then I think COVID when it went to Netflix, the timing of it got people's eyes back on it because everyone's looking for diversity and television. And that was a very diverse show in two thousand five. It was very ahead of its time and progressive in its thought. And I think there's a lot of world built. Like the world's there, right? Everyone knows the map. Everyone knows. I I think you're right. The fan fiction people are gonna come out of the woodwork and make some really cool campaigns and i would love to play that that's i'm, I'm definitely but you know i go back to we i sent this thing to shelby and sean a long time ago there's a graphic on the internet going about by your hand shape of what type of bender you are do you guys remember me saying that picture oh yeah like based on what your what? hand looks what like this? what kind of what kind of bender am well I? this is the thing no <laughs> um, so the picture you can't really tell right and then I, there's other videos of people taking the picture there's two that look and really superimposing similar. it to be the same size as their hand or making their hand the same size of it and layering it on there let's just say it wasn't a very robust is this is this like a snapchat filter yeah it should <laughs> be here's like i never watched avatar until it came to netflix yeah and i would and so like i right. watched it last year which feels like yesterday and also like five years ago um, right. and i loved it I, the longest yeah. year ever <laughs> everyone, everyone tell me what kind of avatar bender well, you see are. right i think yeah. i would be earth just because I don't, but you know, I have long fingers. If I look at the thing, yeah, here, you're definitely an earthbender. You would be earth for sure. Oh yeah, I'm a fire. Nimble. <laughs> I'm fire. Just, there's no. I think I would be air or water. Sean, you got yeah. those skinny little fingers. You're definitely water. You got the little claws. I see them. Well, air people are tiny oh, too. Air's got air's got oh, everything's long. Thick hands, right? You see, that's the thing. My I'm, and so like you got to get into your left hand if you look at this picture, which is going to be great for a podcast. I would just be the avatar. I, I don't want to choose. I want to be the one. I want to be the chosen oh, yeah, no. one. I get all of them. <laughs> right. I will. I want to be a bloodbender. Yeah. Someone's going to want to be it. Someone's going to want to be it. 
And that leads us to our last segment, Dungeon Diving. We're going Dungeon Dive. We are fairly new in the Dungeons and Dragons world. I fell in love with it in this last year. Sean's been loving it for the last few years. And we have some friends that have been playing for years. I've been trying to get his play. So we are going to record some sessions and do like a little audio play of our games that we started. We made our characters. This is Shelby's first foray into D&D. And he was really worried about it. And then him and I worked last week on his character. And he's like, oh my God, I'm going to love it. <laughs> like he he sees the, the well. Well, it's, there's so, just so much. It's intimidating because there's so many different yeah. pieces that are coming together. <laughs> yeah. it's But here's the thing. Once you start playing, it all it all clicks. It all clicks. You were a theater kid. I always go back to that, and I think that they and you do improv. I know you've done improv stuff for work, so I think that will just innately go into your skill set. What do you tell people that are nervous when they first play? Like, what is? How do you relax, group, Devin? Um, I tell them you don't need to know any of the rules. Don't worry. Don't worry about the rules. I, I know all the rules. <laughs> You're just here to have fun. Um, I think when I when I teach people how to play, because I've I've taught probably over a thousand people how to play the game. Um, I always say like, don't look at your character sheet and get overwhelmed with everything that's on there. I always start with a pre-gen, um, because I feel like it's when you make a character that's so overwhelming. Like you, when, if you make yeah. a character after you understand how to play, you're like, oh, okay, this is so much fun. But beforehand, you're like, ah, I don't know what any of this means. So I always say like, don't worry about making a character. Here's a pre-gen, and don't look at it. Oh yeah until we talk about it I'm like okay i was like so you see a wall what do you want to do and they go to look at the character She's like no 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 don't look at, what do you want to do with this wall I'm like can i climb it yes you can all right now i want you to find a skill called athletics on your sheet okay what does it say plus two okay now roll that d20 it's the and i've usually separate dice or you know digital you're gonna roll that you're gonna add two They're like okay it's like 18 I'm like cool you just get up there and just climb like a freaking, like you're doing a, a, a D7 <laughs> at, at a rock climbing gym. And, and the idea is like, you don't let people focus on the rules as much as you just like ask them what they want to do and then try to equate their actions to what's on their character sheet so they kind of learn through play. I, yeah, I have a hard time. As a DM, um, there's everyone, you know, every player is different and you get the ones that are like, trying to explain in mechanics what they want to do versus just telling I'm like just it's like even with Casey sometimes I'm like just tell me what do you want to do and I'll tell you if yeah. I'll tell you if you can do it and now I try to, to do, do all of the that I'm like I want to do this this and this and Sean will go <laughs> okay <laughs> this could end very poorly yeah. yeah. it's just right? like yeah. and, and if you could for me it's like if it makes sense you know and it's like it makes sense in this world that you could do that then yeah go for it um usually there's sometimes yeah. where like people will try and do stuff that I'm like that makes no like you know you can do one of those things or whatever you can't do like all of it. I'm always trying to game the system too yeah. and be like, is there a way we could take this bag of holding and put it over his head and decapitate him and then he's dead? Like, can we <laughs> if do? You it? Can describe how it works, or I'm like, okay, can we? Yeah, can we? Can I break the game and kill this <laughs> level twelve boss without having actually? To yeah, fight? or you, you were trying to make a character that can. Oh, oh, you want to make a samurai character that could one shot people or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I want, I want, like, if I he roll the perfect 20, yeah, so give me something. Like, just certain base level. Um, I was just throwing out the idea. So, with people it, it, and them not listening to the rules and just enjoying you because you're the rule, how often as a DM do you bend the rules to create enjoyment for Every people, time. too? Every time? Every time. To, right? Like, um, the rules are definitely, like, what is it, Pirates of Caribbean? It's more of a guideline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's exactly how I treat it. Um, I like to bring mechanics and rules from other systems too as well so mm-hmm. i like to use things like you know like um in blaze in the dark they have like this flashback ability where you can say like like oh, okay well they're asking you for your passes and you're like oh and then like i like to use a flashback to say like remember when we made them and have like a cut scene kind of like when you watch like oceans 11 you see like what they did before oh yeah things like that i like to integrate like a lot of yeah. different rules from other systems um to my dnd games when it calls for it like oh we're you're, we're doing a naval battle now like every player has a ship you control the ship we have a whole set of rules just for the ships now rather than like your regular characters to like change it up but for the most part like i'll bend the rules based off of what i think would be the most entertaining for me and my players with that too when you give the prefab characters when you play with more developed groups and they make a character how important to you is knowing that character's background uh i think it's really important right. if we're just playing a one shot usually people won't have a backstory yeah um you know but if we're if we're playing like you know i, I, I there's this thing called daggers or knives and it's when you, someone gives you a, a backstory. It's like, well, you know, I haven't seen my sister in like a, 10 years. 
oh, cool. Your sister reaches out to you saying that she needs your help. And like, oh, well, I have this weird relationship with my sister. I guess I'll go see what's happening. And then, you know, like, they find out that they're apologizing for you, but they've been cursed by a witch. And, like, they just need your help to get out of mm-hmm. Like, using anything that I've been given, I'm going to take and twist and use to push forward the story at hand. So if, like, I have no parents. I'm a, uh, I'm a, um, an orphan. Right, and I have no, uh, you know, no friends. I'm like, that's a boring backstory, bud. Right. You need, you need to give me some, you someone. Mean every rogue backstory ever, right? Yeah. It's like, well, I do have a mentor. Right. You know, like I do have a mentor. I'm like, cool. Like your mentor, like your mentor is coming to kill you. I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, they just want to get you out of the picture. Like anything you could use against your players, and not use against in like a hostile way, but like you have a story to tell, and you need a way to get buy-in or investment from a character mm-hmm. that is affected by Turns it. out your mentor's been kidnapped and by a dragon of some kind, like you need to go rescue them because they raised Or you know that that means like, that their house is now unguarded, and the dagger that you've always wanted from them is there. Because I also think like that character who is like, I have no, I have no, no allegiances. Like, cool. Well, now that that person you uh, have allegiance to, yeah. that yeah. you couldn't take on has that dagger. Guess what? They got free from that dragon and they know their dagger's gone and they know you did it. Yeah. And so now like, oh, sh- <laughs> that I will say that's the best as a DM is when players like we have a player in our in Casey and I's campaign where he is like a burglar. He's a he's a tabaxi. He's a cat man. Like he his backstory. He doesn't kill to to steal, but he'll steal anything. Yeah. So it's fun, like being like, oh, you know that pendant you stole? That was like the sister of the kings, and he knows you have it. He's sending everyone he has after you. Yeah. And he just thought it was a pendant on someone's nightstand or right. whatever that. He stole. But then that's great because you see, like the the king catches. Like I'm very impressed with your thieve skills. Yeah. I will forgive you this trespass if you steal something for me. Yeah. yeah, there's this thing called Secrets and Clues, and it's um it's by Sly Flourish. Uh, it's part of like the Lazy GM's Guide to uh, Game Prep. And one of the things is don't decide where your secrets and clues are hidden. So if there's like oh I I have there's a letter in the desk. If they find the letter, then they learn about like you know uh, the the crazed ant. Instead, you just say like there's a letter somewhere in the adventure. So this mechanic happens. Got yeah, it. Yeah, and so they're like they're like well you know if they never even pay attention to the desk, but they're like I know there's got to be a safe behind one of these paintings. You're like yep, there's a safe behind what you found it. <laughs> Yeah. And the letters in it because <laughs> yeah. you're now rewarding what they thought where it would be. And you want to give them this plot device and they still earned it by looking for it in a unique way. But instead of like being rigid with where these things I, lay. The, I feel like another worst thing is like a DM is like when you say something and give them a clue, you never intended for it to be a clue or anything important. Like in one of my campaigns, yeah, they were doing like this haunted mansion thing. And I just for like flavor, just for a little spookiness, I was like, oh, that animal or that, like, bust of that animal, like, you swear you saw it move or something like that. Like, I made that kind of rookie DM mistake. Yeah. And next thing you know, they're smashing yeah. every single thing in that room. And they're like, but what is it? <laughs> what did we stop? Did anything happen? I was like, no, there was, uh, <laughs> was no. I should have. Now right. I know I should have given them or, like, used that for something else. Yeah, but like, at the time, oh, something I inside play. of it. Or, like, the yeah. spirit of the animal has been released. Thank you. For etiquette, what are some do's and don'ts for first-time um, players that you recommend? The biggest don't is don't infringe on other people's fun. It's a group game. It's not your fun only. Um, if you are an extroverted person and you feel that you're pretty good at social cues, find ways to bring up your players and make them part of it. Um, <clears throat> it's really easy for one person to just feel like, well, no one else is saying anything, so I'll take the stage rather than like, <clears throat> listen, I'm Gronk. I'm a barbarian. I defer to the wizard's knowledge. Because then you're like pulling that player in as your own character. You're 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 creating a space for other people. And if people are having trouble fill it, letting your character kind yeah. of provide an arm asking them to fill it is sometimes really nice for people that are maybe more shy or more introverted. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, another uh, do is um, think of some good safety tools. And it's we- it's weird to think like we're playing a game. W- what do you mean safety tools? But the idea is like there are some things like um, that. You just want to express to your players ahead of time so everyone feels really comfortable playing. And then when that happens, everyone's like, there's no anxiety. Like, if I maybe, like, you know, say things, I had problems with fire. Like, maybe, like, when I was a kid, like, my house burnt down and, like, it's a huge thing. That's not something everyone really knows about. And so, like, when you mm. kind of, like, when your GM's like, hey, here's here's some things that yeah. might involve in our game. Or here's, like, let me know what your triggers are. And you avoid that, then you avoid that like shutdown moment where you're like, this is really uncomfortable. And I don't want to say anything. I don't want to stop the game. I don't want people to like be, you know. And other people also, you don't want to do that to someone. You just don't know that you shouldn't. And so <clears throat> things like that, like, especially when you're yeah. playing with people that you haven't played with before, 
it's good to like think about like if this game was a movie like what would it be rated and like what things like might make people uncomfortable like phobias like you know mm-hmm. like if, if someone's really really afraid of of like snakes they're gonna be just as afraid of snakes in the game and maybe in a way that takes them out of the game takes them out of the immersion oh interesting yeah we had a snake in our campaign and i was like mm, this is not <laughs> yeah you guys made a suit out of it <laughs> that is true we tried to weekend and <laughs> like a tri- like a like kids in a trench coat yeah. like we tried to do suit. the weekend at bernie's like hey like we're tr- we tried to infiltrate with them <laughs> needless to say they weren't afraid of snakes. yes we were not someone might be whether you know it or but not. I, I, yeah. my whole mo is to not battle at all i want to see if i can just do the other mechanics to avoid the fight oh, yeah. and then see. Yeah. As a GM, you should always roll with how your players are played. You, you don't want to force them into, like, if they don't want to fight, then, like, find ways to make it so they don't have to fight. Um, you know, and if they're being clever about it, if they're just like, I want to roll a charisma check so I don't have to fight this guy, like, no, no. But no. he will. No, he right? will you got to describe yeah. how you would. I, I let my players once do um, participate in a flighting. Do you know what a flighting is? Sounds mm-hmm. familiar. It's what happened during, uh, like, Shakespearean times where you would trade barbs at each other until one person was flustered enough they couldn't respond. It's essentially oh, a rap Shel- battle. A yeah. Shelby should know. That was in Assassin's Creed. Yes. That was in Valhalla. That yeah. was in Valhalla, yeah. So you just yeah. trade insults back and forth, and my players loved it, but I like wrote down like 30 <laughs> of them just so I had them ready about like their character. So this guy was just like unloaded on them. <laughs> and then they're like, you know what? We actually, we're going to come back. We don't. We, you've heard our feelings. We don't like this guy. Uh, this is like in game, and, and they're like, "Guy sucks." Yeah, uh, which is great because it made it so much better when they came yeah. back prepared and they like spent time writing insults. <laughs> For inspiration, what are some house rules or some tips you could add to our campaign that oh, are really yeah. fun, like house rules that you love? Okay, one of my favorite house rules is destroy shield. If you would have failed an AOE attack that um, is Dex or strength based, you can instead pass it but your shield is destroyed so imagine it's like a fireball so big but you just like press your shield in it just literally just melts away from the fireball um your shield's destroyed you 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 save from it because you you essentially get rid of your armor class bonus from that shield i think that's really fun yeah because you're kind of giving them choice to sacrifice yeah you know something to save themselves it's funny i actually have a dock um open on my desktop that I'm loading right now. That is all of my all of my optional rules. Oh, okay. Um, Let's hear it. Yeah. Okay, so I have I have I have one for a uh, roll for hotness. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Roll for hotness. <laughs> so if people want, if like they meet an NPC or whatever, like the, how hot is she? I'm like roll for it and see how hot you think she is. <laughs> see, um, potions. Drinking one is a bonus action. Doesn't make sense that it's an action. Yeah, I've, I've heard that one. Okay. Yeah, that, that one's pretty uh, popular. Um, mm. uh, big fan of inspiration dice. Just giving it out. Um, I usually, but I give out like either. Like bardic inspiration dice or a d20. So like if you do something that's cool, but like ah, I'm not gonna give you a d d20 for that. I'll give you a d4. Oh okay. You know, let's see. PvP is only if both players consent to it. <laughs> oh. So if you're like, hey, like, do you want PvP in this game? You want to be able to just like attack someone uh, when they're you know not in the mood for it? You you can. But if all players have to agree that like PvP is okay, the only other PvP that's okay is like if it's narrative. It's like oh, this person's like under like the spell of like a ghost or something like that. But sometimes, like people, are like I don't want someone to, st- I don't want a teammate to steal my gold while I'm sleeping. Yeah, that's always that, like, seems... ruins fun for me. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you're not ruin, you don't want to ruin fun for the other, you, the other person, even yeah. if it's fun for you. Counterspelling a counterspell creates a wild magic surge. I don't know if you're at the high enough level for counterspell, but like the counterspelling, the counterspelling, and the counterspelling becomes a big thing. Right after because it's like why well, counterspell your counterspell? It's like the yeah, um, I'm surprised yeah, they allow like, yeah, that. I counterspell your counterspell, your counter, yeah. uh, and then minions so minions are essentially like if you have a big boss it has its minions and they all have one hit point so you could slay them like a boss like that gives you your 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 mm-hmm. lord of the rings like just like taking down all these orcs what i do is like when you attack whatever damage you do you end up taking out that many minions so like between one and five hit points so you do 10 damage you take out two um but they only get to attack you if you fail your attack against them so they never take a turn I, I learned about that from Matt Colville. I don't know if you know of Matt Colville or watched oh, yeah. his YouTube oh, yeah. videos. I When I first started getting in DMing, I watched a bunch of his stuff. And he talked about that. Like, one of his favorite features from 4th edition was minions. So I've used it a few times, especially with, like, skeletons or, like, lich kind of ones. Where, like, you want to overwhelm people with a lot of numbers. But in D&D, like, more, a lot of numbers can, like, murder your game. party. 
And so having those one hit point kind of guys that, you know, don't really have a turn is great because people can feel like gods, but you also feel like there's a lot of stuff right. going on. And, that and the fact that you just take damage, they don't get an attack against you. If you fail your attack, they just, they do two points of damage, three points of damage. Like mm-hmm. that way that anytime you fail an attack, they just do damage. You're like, ah, that really just, it just adds a little salt to the wound of failing the attack. This is just crazy. Cause I feel like every time we have a conversation regarding D and D, there's like one more layer that I'm learning, yeah. like gets a little deeper. And I think it's just really neat to see how fleshed out it is. And uh, the different systems that stack upon each other to kind of make it a complicated yet fun experience. So I'm excited to get into yeah. it. It's uh, it's intimidating, oh, yeah. but at the same time, like if we're able to just go and have a great time and talk shop, I think it'll be yeah. well worth it. Do you, do you want to tell Devin your first character oh, ever that you made? Trench Tides. <laughs> oh, okay. I like exactly. that. Exactly. He is a water mage. What, water mage? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. And what is he? A water genie. A water <laughs> <Yeah>. genie. <laughs> He's looking it up right now. No. He's looking it up right sure. now. No. Isn't <laughs> no, isn't he a triton? Guys, I didn't come with my character sheet. Guys. We went with tri- you went with a triton. You went with the triton. Like the be- fish people the mermaid. Instead. Yeah, but I, don't, I, but I, want, I want to know like... Why why are they adventuring? So our DM has yet to tell us that. We have our first game next month. He wanted us to get that together. And right now, I said to him, why are we adventuring? He goes, for the love of exploration? <laughs> mm, maybe. <laughs> he doesn't know. He wanted to kind of pull that. He doesn't know uh, yet. Sean, your character's a what? I'm, I'm a total warlock. Uh, but my kind of god or like the thing that I praise is... So his his backstory, which he doesn't know, is that he was one of the Ninja Turtles, but he was lost with his own like jar of ooze. <laughs> um, so his his kind of god is this jar of ooze that he calls, oh, what is it called? Like T-Griff or whatever it said yeah. on the... The cans in the second movie. On the cans. So that's what he calls it. And like he listens to it and things and like that's kind of like his <laughs> whatever. And so that's what I'm going with for his. It's like, but he does, And his name is Hieronymus for Hieronymus Bosch. Oh, which yeah. If anyone knows art, he is a real crazy Dutch <laughs> artist from like that, the 1500s. I love, I love, I love that what you did with, with making the name an artist too. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, because I was like... I, I looked up like all these old kind of like Italian, you know, Renaissance painter names yeah. stuff. I couldn't find anyone. Then I was like, it recommended like Hieronymus Bosch. And I was like, I know Hieronymus yeah. Bosch. He's from the 1400s. You know, he's, he's yeah. done. Cause he got lost. He didn't, he kind of named himself or the ooze named him, you know, yeah. like told him what his name is. Here's my question. What's, what's their, what's their favorite drink, Sean? What's their favorite <gasps> beverage? Uh, you know, it's, I think it's just like a little bit of water, but with like a da- a drop of ooze in it. You know, he drinks, drinks the ooze, Ooh. gets okay, his power. So, so that, that's almost like a little bit of like the, uh, the, the, the body, the body of their God. Oh yeah. 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 It's a little, it's like a little bit of like their communion. Yeah, it actually comes in like yes. crystal light packets and then you gotta. <laughs> right. It's ooze flavor. It's not even the actual ooze. So now show me though, your Trent Tides, what is Trent Tides profession? He is a bard. Ooh, what an entertainer okay. type. Weren't you a druid though? Yeah, well, yeah. But, but a bard yeah. in there too, right? He's you know, a druid. Like, um, so, what, 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 yeah. what, what, are they like spoken word, uh, yeah. uh, a lutist, a flutist? A, a, a professional flighter based on this conversation. Where oh, you can just come yeah. And wreck people. <laughs> Here's something funny you can do with that. I, 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 would, I would write down like witty retorts in just in history and just have a list down. And just every now and again, when the conversation is going, just like, which one is applicable here? <laughs> Cause then you get to you, then you really get to sell yourself of like the like well right. you know wind always passes twice especially after cheese am I right? It's <laughs> an old yes. Shakespearean fart joke. Casey, what about you? Uh, I am going to be a tabaxi monk. So I have a Maine Coon cat. Oh yeah, and I'm skinning him to be a fat like think Kung Fu Panda body in, real life. in a thing. Um, I made his profession though as a chef bouncer, so he learned to fight through bouncing. And then there's a bunch of references yeah. to my favorite film as a child and as a drunken master. Yeah, his dad is Fei Hong, who is Jackie Chan's character, and it's based off a real person who was a physician. And so his dad made him be a chef because okay. I've got a nine yeah. and intellect when we rolled so i'm not smart but i do like to help people yeah. and uh he's a big what's his favorite food his uh favorite food is anything that pleases someone he doesn't like to waste food yeah. but he's a he likes the drink too but his favorite food it would be fish of course like any cat of course, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. i don't know where i heard this but i heard somewhere that like the lore of tabaxi is they hate being compared to house cats right but i've never i've never played a game where the comparison to house cats wasn't relevant throughout the entire game well, there's gonna be like a shiny light that probably distracts yeah. them right there has to be some of those like Someone's like what what cantrip is laser point 
What are the tropes? What are the tropes? Like, I think I think the last thing I want to recommend to y'all is check out Justice Armand. Um, Justice Armand has this great series of character mm-hmm. warm-ups. And these are questions you ask at the beginning of every game <clears throat> that kind of warm you up to like your character and help kind of build them out. I, I like doing the same thing where I like I ask my players like, "What's a fun fact about your character?" But Justice Armand, like, he'll, he'll be like, "Okay, like, you know, you, you what would how would your character react if they found out your parents have passed?" And there, there are all these questions you just kind of ask before you play, and they kind of like you express them, and then the rest of your players like, "Oh, I kind of get a better idea of how this person wants to exist inside the world okay, and how they react to things." And then I have a better idea of how my character would react to things and exist in this world. Well, okay. We'll add that because I wanted to do a piece before we start playing, like where we introduce ourselves each when we do these episodes. Give me a fact about your character or like when Chappie, who is our DM, will ask us. So that's a good little exercise. I, I listen to another mm-hmm. podcast called Dungeons and Daddies and they'll do like yeah. dad facts. And like I was like, oh, I want to do something like that where it builds your character. Oh, back yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's a really good idea. I want to thank you. So that that's it for us. Um, Thanks for having where me. Where can our listeners find more of you? So uh, you can find more of me. Uh, you can find you can find me on on Twitter's uh, just Total Party Chill without the vowels because it's too long to fit on Twitter. Uh, you guys can find the Total Party Chills podcast, which is Strained in Strahd. Uh, it's essentially my players sucked into the Curse of Strahd as themselves, but in D and D bodies. Um, it's a lot of fun. I, I always wanted to do like a Galaxy Quest kind of game, you know. Uh, so that's what this is, and it's a uh, it's a terrible yeah. podcast. Don't listen to it, <laughs> or do. Um, and then you, of course, yeah, of course, you can find um, uh, my uh, uh, my company, uh, which is startplaying.games, just online. Just startplaying.games. That's the URL. And yeah. find a D and D game tonight. You know, just start playing games. If you if you're if you've been listening about it, you're just like, oh my gosh, I want to play D and D. There's so many GMs that are just like, listen, if you're new, don't worry about it. Uh, you're gonna have a great time. Yes, that's our goal. And. All of this information will be linked in this uh, description below. So if you want to just click find, go ahead, click it and go right to Devin's work. Yeah, definitely. If you want more of us, you can check out that description for all of our social channels. Our website is underpoweredmedia.com. We're also chatting in Discord. Check us out and please leave us a review. Five stars, please. That's a wrap for this week. We're out. Player games. All right.